The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Michelle Cortez, Bloomberg's Global Healthcare Correspondent, to talk about the latest with China and its ongoing struggle with COVID. And Michelle, much of the rest of the world has, of course, uh, long since exited tough COVID settings. China's really struggling, though. And can you lay out for us the range of all very unpalatable choices uh, that are open to policymakers? Well, China has been really successful in keeping COVID out for almost the entire pandemic since it emerged in Wuhan because of these really, really tough restrictions that they follow there. Not only do they isolate everybody who is infected with COVID, they isolate everybody who's been in contact with those people and they contact trace those people's contacts. So it's different levels of contact tracing, and then they mass test entire cities and shut down, you know, lockdowns, keep everyone in their apartments if they need to in these, you know, more strict measures. And of course, that's what the government decided about two weeks ago now to kind of dial back a little bit, some cut some of the fat off of this because it was really weighing on the economy and the people. And now we're seeing these case numbers increase, right, up about 40,000 a day, which is not large for the rest of the world, but it's unthinkable really in China. We've seen nothing like that until now. And so they're trying at the one hand to dial back the measures. At the same time, they have increased spread of a more contagious variant. And um, the local officials are caught between a rock and a hard place. How do you get rid of something using less aggressive measures? It's just very difficult. At the risk of sounding a little hyperbolic here, I'm, I'm wondering whether we're focused on the wrong thing. And it really is a conversation that should be more about mental health at this point rather than the virus per se. I mean, given the expression, this... this uh, magnitude of protest in a country like China, you would only imagine that under the surface there is so much pressure that has been building. And I can only imagine that repressing that is going to have uh, dire consequences to, to the mental health of people. Well, it's a great point, and, it, and it's a very broad issue across every group of people, right? You can certainly talk about the kids who haven't been able to go to school, people who can't go to work, those who do have to go, they're on the front line. They've been told for the last three years that this virus is incredibly dangerous, and that's why it has to be avoided at all costs. So there's definitely people who are terrified that COVID is going to take hold there and that they're going to see these, you know, we're seeing numbers anywhere from 1.3 to 2.1 million deaths if COVID takes hold. And you remember when you went through it for the first time, this COVID gauntlet, it's a terrifying thought that this virus is going to come and get you and then you're going to pass it on to your loved ones and you're going to be responsible for killing them and you just don't have any experience with it. And it's really scary. And getting through that process is what you actually have to do. And instead, it's this existential angst of, 
am I going to hurt other people or am I hurting myself by having to be in this apartment, keeping my kids home, not being able to go out and interact with other people? It's, there's no doubt about it that there's all kinds of mental health issues happening here. And, and how about physical health problems, though? Because China's been dealing with this now for about three years, yet there are questions that the health system is unable to sustain the sort of reopening that we've seen in other countries. Why are we in this situation? I, I feel like we say this with every every time the virus kind of overtook every country with the same situations, the same fear of the virus, the same, why wasn't there more preparation? You guys should have known. Everyone could see where it was happening. And it just happens again and again and again. As you say, China doesn't really have a very strong health care system. And it's entirely possible that it could be overwhelmed if the virus really takes hold there. With the new 20 measures that they put out about two months ago, they did say three of those were addressed preparing for an outbreak, specifically increasing the number of hospital beds and medical facilities that they would need to care for patients, including increasing by 50% the number of intensive care beds of these new beds that they're building, plus stockpiling treatments and increasing vaccination rates. But all of those topics are, you know, why are you doing that three years into the into the pandemic? They could have been building these hospitals preparing for this unless they were thinking it was going to go away. But really, we're not hearing from them very clearly in terms of what their exit strategy is or what their intentional planning was up until this point. So really, no one's asking the tough questions over there. A few weeks back, Beijing did approve under emergency use the BioNTech vaccine for foreign expats. And I'm wondering whether or not you can imagine a situation where there is wider adoption of Western mRNA vaccines for the general population. Or is that just too too much of a thorny issue here for, for the government to take on? Politically, it's very difficult for them. They have been holding out on that for the last three years. They do have, you know, Fosun was working with BioNTech. They did have the ability to get it into China and haven't done it yet. I can't imagine that the people aren't going to want that because there is still this fear of the virus. And the only thing that you can do once the virus really starts taking over is to protect yourself. The best way to do that is with vaccination. And at some point, they'll come to that realization just like everyone else has. The question of who is going to be able to get these vaccines, though, even the mRNA ones that are allegedly available to Westerners are not really being rolled out widely. And we're not seeing very much movement in that particular regard. There is still hope that a Chinese mRNA vaccine will come, but we haven't seen that either. Um we do have perhaps one glimmer of good news. We're not dealing with Delta anymore. Um, we have a less fatal variant in Omicron. What does that mean? Does this play into the equation at all? Right. It, it's a great point because the Omicron seems to make people less sick than Delta. Of course, Delta was was worse than original. So maybe we're like kind of a wash right back to the original wild type that they saw there without the additional preparation that they could have been building for the last three years. The challenge is that Omicron is so much more infectious. And we are seeing some news reports this morning out of the Global Times saying that there is actually a new variant that's spreading, particularly in Beijing, that is more infectious even than Delta. And and the Omicron that we've seen up until this point, which of course could create additional problems. Mm. The situation isn't so much that this particular variant is going to be more sick or less sick. It's getting to those sickest patients. Those are the people you have to protect. Oh, 
Michelle, thank you so much for helping us understand in greater depth uh, what's going on on the mainland as it relates to COVID policy and the situation there. Michelle Cortez, our global health correspondent from Hong Kong, thanks to you. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.